Sermon 6. And then shall the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the breath of his mouth, and destroy with the brightness of his coming. 2 Thessalonians 2, 8. These words contain both the rise and ruin of Antichrist, his revelation and destruction. 1. As to his revelation, there are two things. 1. The title given to Antichrist, here, is a Greek word, the wicked. 2. His appearing in the world upon the taking away of the impediment, shall be revealed. 2. As to his ruin, three things are observable. 1. The progress of his destruction, which is here considered as begun, or as consummated. 1. A diminishing of anti-Christianism, whom the Lord shall consume. 2. The finishing thereof, in the word destroy. 2. The author, the Lord. 3. The means. 1. God's word, called his breath, or the spirit of his mouth. 2. The brightness of his coming, namely, when he shall come to judge the world in the glory of the Father. First, of the rising of Antichrist. And then shall the wicked be revealed. 1. The title given to Antichrist, here, is a Greek word, that lawless one, or son of Belial. It is the property of Antichrist to boast himself, to be above all laws, and to be judged by no power upon earth, for therein he resembles Antiochus, of whom it is said, he shall do according to his own will, Daniel 11:36. Now if this be one of his characters, it will not be hard to find him out, for who is that infallible judge, that takes upon him to decide all controversies, and judges all things, and is judge of no man? And whosoever does but mutter against his decrees and delusions, if a private person, he is to be destroyed with fire and sword, if a prince, to be excommunicated, deposed, and his subjects freed from all allegiance to him. Who is he that takes upon him, with faculties, licenses, and pardons, to dispense with the law of God, and to allow open and notorious sins? Who is he that by his own writers is said to be salutus omni lege humana, freed from all human law, hostances, necologer humana ligari poetest, that has a paramount authority to all laws, that he cannot be bound by them, whether they concern parasite, the murder of princes, or perjury, the obligation of oaths, or matrimony, the bond of conjugal relations. But one expressly says, that he is suprages, contrages, extrages, above law, against law, and without law, a plain description of the lawless one in the text, and another, not without some spice of blasphemy, up and down at papam sufficit pro ration voluntas, God and the Pope have their will for a law. Lastly, who is he that has brought into the church the great impiety, of worshipping of God by images, and the worship of the saints and angels, with a worship, which is only due to God? Which is their great, here, is a Greek word, the lawlessness, which the pure Christian rule condemns and brands for such. If there be not such a power extant in the Christian world, then I confess we are yet to seek for Antichrist, but if there be, none so willfully blind, as they that cannot see wood for trees, and know not where to fix this character to. His Revelation Then shall the wicked be revealed. The word revealed notes two things. 1. His appearance in the world. 2. God's discovery of him. 1. Then he shall be revealed bears the sense, he shall be in the world, and begin to lift up his head as soon as the Roman emperor and empire shall be removed, 
this lawless one shall begin to discover himself and set up his kingdom. Now to understand this, consider this. 1. The most learned interpreters, both ancient and modern, agree in this, that the impediment was the Roman Empire, as we showed before, and therefore as the Roman Empire and Emperor were removed out of the way, Antichrist was to be revealed, or the predictions of the scripture are false. 2. Things of great moment cannot be removed nor established in a minute. The removing of the Roman Empire was not all at once, nor the rising of the pontificate, but by degrees did the seat begin to be made void. When Constantine began to remove the imperial throne to Byzantium, though the majesty of the empire continued still at Rome, yet this was a step to the removing of the impediment, for by that means the popes grew in greatness, but as the emperor's authority was lessened, so grew that of the popes who still encroached to themselves more and more power, and that to promote the apostasy and derogation from the pure Christian religion. But as soon as he arose, he came not to the height of his power, either ecclesiastical or temple, nor shall he presently decay. 3. To state the progress of anti-Christian tyranny is not for a sermon, it fills whole books, but thus in short. About the year 600, or in that century, their ecclesiastical power began to be raised, when the majesty of the empire was low and weak in Italy, and therefore then was Antichrist advanced a good step. When John of Constantinople had usurped the title of universal bishop, Gregory the Great says, Rex superbi propatist, the king of pride is near. At Sacerdotum Exorcitus IPR Paratrian army of priests is prepared to serve him as their general, this he, Fidener de Co. I speak confidently, and within six years or thereabouts Fathus conferred on Pope Boniface the same title, to ingratiate himself with the people of that part of the empire, after the murder of his lord and master. And then many superstitions were gotten into the church, as, about the year 688, the Pope obtained of the emperor the pantheon, or temple of all devils, and consecrated the same to the Virgin Mary, and all saints. The temple monarchy was long in hatching, but yet the beginning of this mystery soon berated itself. In the beginning of the 7th century, Constantine the Pope would have his foot kissed, like another Diocletian, and in defense of image worship he openly resisted Philippicus, the emperor of Greece, and encouraged Justine and Anastasius, tyrants and murderers, who submitted themselves to him with adoration. Rebellion and idolatry have been ever continued since. In the year 720, or thereabouts, Gregory II and III continued the same idolatry and rebellion, and caused all Italy to withdraw their obedience from the Emperor Leo, because he had commanded all images, to be broken and burnt, and for the same cause excommunicated him, and took to himself the Cotton Alps, as the gift of the Lombards. In the same century, 749, Zachary encourages and assists Papin, to depose his master Childeric, king of France, and to take upon him that kingdom. Afterward Adrian took upon him to translate the empire of the Greeks to the Latins, and ever since deposed emperors and made royals in kingdoms. 2. God's discovery of him to the world, that is, when Antichrist was not only extant, but impleted as such, and this also was by degrees, God raising up in every age witnesses against the tyranny and usurpations of Rome, as the place, and the Pope, the person, as, considered in his succession, claiming the same power. Five hundred years before Luther, Peter Brewey began, and Henry his scholar succeeded him, 
and both of them succeeded by the Waldenses and Albigenses, then Wycliffe, the Bohemians, who have all pleaded, and proved that the Pope was the very Antichrist, then Savonarola in Italy preached this boldly. In the 15th century, about 1500, there were some remainder of the Albigenses about the Alps, some few relies of the Hussites and Calixtines in Bohemia, so few and so ignorant, that they had neither learning nor ability, to oppose this potent tyranny. Then God raised up Luther, and many other worthies to assault the idolatry, tyranny, and errors of the Church of Rome, and it is reported in history, that the angel on the top of the Tower Street Angelo was beaten down by a thunderbolt, and in the very day and in the church, where Pope Leo X at Rome had created 31 cardinals, a sudden tempest dashed the keys out of the hands of the image of St. Peter, showing God would begin to take away their power. Use. If God has revealed Antichrist, let no man shut his eyes, but let him be shunned, forsaken, and abhorred. When Christ was to come into the world, it was a day of rumors, some sent to John Baptist, whether he were the Christ, others cried up false Christs and impostors, but the people were alarmed with a general expectation. So when Antichrist was to be revealed, it was a day of rumors, just about the time there was a great expectation, some pitched it here, some there, until the pit was discovered to the church, and the snare laid open. And now to run willfully into these errors, how damnable is it? If papists cleave to him, let not Protestants fall to him, to continue papists is dangerous, for they favor Antichrist, and serve Antichrist, but to turn papists is more dangerous, for this is a downright revolt from Christ to Antichrist. And how God may in mercy dispense with errors imbibed in our education we know not, but to turn our back on the truth, wherein we have been educated and instructed, maketh it more dangerous to our salvation. Secondly, we now come to the more comfortable part, his ruin, where note. 1. In the general, that the apostle, as soon as he had showed his rise, he presently foretells his ruin, to support the hearts of the faithful, though he has yet more things, to speak concerning his discovery. Verse 9. I cannot let this pass without an observation. Doctrine. That a spiritual eye can discern the ruin of wicked instruments, even in their eyes and reign, Job 5, 3, I have seen the foolish taking root, and presently I cursed his habitation. By the foolish, is meant the wicked, by their taking root, their seeking to fix, and settle themselves in their worldly prosperity, I presently, that is, without any great deliberation, which in this matter needs not, cursed their habitation, not as desiring, but as foreseeing and foretelling. I pronounced them accursed, or to be in a cursed condition when carnal men seek to root and establish themselves upon earth, to a spiritual eye, their best estate is miserable and detestable. When we see their rise, we may foretell their fall. Reasons 1. Their faith occasions such a reflection, which is the evidence of things not seen, Hebrews 11, 1. They look not at things, as at present they seem to short-sighted men, or as they relish to the flesh, but as they appear, and will be judged of at last, their ruin is as present, before them as their rise, present time is quickly past. But now without faith this cannot be, 2 Peter 1, 9, he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off, here, is a Greek word, but are dazzled with present splendor, and so miscarry. 2. This faith is necessary. 1. 
partly to prevent scandal at the prosperity of an ungodly party, who obey not the gospel, but corrupt and pervert it to their worldly ends. David's steps were even gone when he saw the prosperity of the wicked, till he went into the sanctuary and understood their end, Psalm 73, 17. That settled his heart, to consider what end these men were appointed unto. How prosperous soever they seem to be for the present, yet the end must put the difference, there they see the wicked in the height of their prosperity, as ready to be cut down and withered. 2. To prevent apostasy. They choose the better part, that choose the holiness and patience of the saints. 2 Corinthians 4, 18, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things, which are seen are temporal, but the things, which are not seen are eternal. But things present carry away our hearts, because we have so dim and doubtful a sight of things to come, whereas, if we did look upon them as sure and near, they would fortify us against temptations. Proverbs 3, 31, 32, Envy thou not the oppressor, and choose none of his ways, for the froward is abomination to the Lord, but his secret is with the righteous. 2. More particularly the ruin of Antichrist is set forth. 1. Partly by the manner of his fall. It is represented both as begun and finished. He shall be consumed, he shall be destroyed, the one notes a lingering delay, the other an utter perdition, that he shall be finally rooted out. First, consumed. To consume is to waste, and melt away by little and little. Doctrine. Antichrist is not presently to be destroyed, but to waste away by a lingering consumption, as his rising was by little and little, so is his fall, he loses his authority in Christendom by degrees. Now the reasons may be these. 1. God has a ministry and use for him and the abettors of his kingdom, as he has a use for the devil himself, therefore permits him some limited power, but yet he holds him in the chains of his invincible providence. So has he a use for the devil's eldest son, for Antichrist, and anti-Christian adversaries, which, if their power were wholly gone, could not be performed, as, 1. To scourge his people for their sins, as their contempt of the gospel, and wantonness under the several privileges, which they enjoy by it. God will not want a rod to scourge his disobedient children, as, Isaiah 10, 5, he calls the Assyrian the rod of his anger, the instrument, that he maketh use of to punish those with whom he is angry. And again, the staff of his indignation, the staff is a heavier and sorer instrument of correction than a rod. What the Assyrian was to the Jews, that Antichrist is to professing Christians. God uses him till he have sufficiently chastised his children, and then he will cast this rod into the fire. Hithens, and Turks, are at a distance from us our miseries will come from anti-Christianism, which are nearer at hand to execute the Lord's vengeance when we grow wanton. 2. To try his people, for he expects a tried obedience, what Christianity we will accept and choose, that calculated for this world, or that which is calculated for the next. Anti-Christianism, in all the branches of it, is a sort of religion suited to worldly interests. 1 John 4, 5, They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world hears them, but true Christianity is for the kingdom of heaven. 1 Corinthians 2, 12, Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. Therefore God will try, 
who are the formal and pretended Christians, that serve their own bellies, and the sincere Christians, who look to an unseen world, and are willing to hazard their own interests out of their fidelity to Christ. Therefore, when the saints under the altar groan, Revelation 6, 10, How long, Lord, holy and true, dost thou not avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? The answer given was, verse 11, that they should rest for a season until their fellow servants, and also their brethren that should be killed, as they were, should be fulfilled. In every age God will have his witnesses, who by their faith and patience, and not loving their lives to the death, should promote the Lamb's kingdom, before they receive their crown, and therefore, though Antichrist be consumed more and more, yet he has so many abettors of his kingdom left as may try the faith and patience of the saints. 3. To cure our divisions. Zanzan called the enemies, here, is a Greek word, the common reconcilers. The dog is let loose to make the sheep flock together. We are hardened in our strifes against each other till a common danger unites us. It is noted, that when there was strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's cattle and Lot's cattle, the Canaanite and Perizzite were yet in the land, Genesis 13, 7. God will unite those in common sufferings, whose stubborn humors will not suffer them, to meet upon other terms. 4. To keep up a remembrance of his mercies. Psalm 59, 11. Slay them not, lest my people forget, scatter them by thy power, and bring them down, O Lord, our shield. God maketh us sensible of the care he has over us, not by the utter destruction of the enemies of his people, but by lingering judgments on them, which affect us more than if they were cut off suddenly. 2. Many other reasons may be given, because it serves the beauty and harmony of his providence, to cut them off in their time and by such means as he has appointed, and in such a way, as shall most conduce unto his glory. But I pass them by, we must tarry his leisure, and not question his truth and care over us, and be content that our faith and patience be exercised. If God should bring a sudden destruction upon a power and tyranny so supported by the combined interests of the world, we were not able to bear it. Thorns served for offense to a garden of roses. God would not destroy the Canaanites at once, lest the beasts of the field should increase upon them, Deuteronomy 7, 22. Nor all the betters of anti-Christianism, lest his people should lie open to such evils as they cannot bear. 1. Observe this consumption, how it is accomplished. If we find Antichrist risen, discovered, and consumed, why should we be in doubt any longer? The pomp and height was much about 1,500 years after Christ, what a consumption has happened since, by the reviving religion and learning, the Christian world should with thankfulness take notice of, by the falling of Germany, England, France, and Hungary in a great part, together with Denmark, Sweden, Poland, and other countries, and by what means has this been but by the spirit of his mouth. It is profitable to know Antichrist by his rise and description, but it is comfortable to know him by his discovery and conception, and God's blessing such unlikely means at the beginning to such a wonderful effect. When Luther first appeared, the Bishop of Strasbourg told him, Abi in Silum, Miles Fader, Edic, Miserere Nastri. But God has done great things for us too, when he first turned the captivity of his churches, we were like unto those that dream. 2. Caution. Antichrist is consumed, but he is not yet dead. 
what strength he may recover before his last destruction, God knows. Pope Ray after it was cast out, has re-entered Bohemia and Austria, and the emperor's hereditary countries, and what havoc has been made of the evangelical churches, the Book of Carifa, the bishop and legate of the Pope, called Germania Sacra Restorata, shows, wherein many notable things concerning their artifices to replant Pope Ray are set down. As to England, some hope his consumption is not desperate, and many fear that Pope Ray may recover again, unless God in mercy prevent it. We know not what is in the womb of providence, or how far the prerogative of free grace may interpose in our behalf, whether England shall be made a theater of mercy once more, or the seat of idolatry, and superstition, and blood. But though we do not know what God has determined, yet we may soon know what England has deserved. And that is enough to quicken us to watchfulness and prayer, and expectation, and serious preparation for the day of evil, and by these things, if it cometh to pass, it will do us no harm. 1. When God has laid in great store of comforts against sufferings, usually there is a time of expense to lay them out again. Christ warned his hearers to make use of the light, because of the darkness coming upon them, John 12, 35, 36. You never knew the gospel powerfully preached, but trials came. Hebrews 10, 32-34, For you had compassion of me in my bonds, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Castles are first betooled, then besieged, the ministry is consolatory mostly. 2. When man can neither bear our vices nor their proper remedies. Ezekiel 24, 13, In thy filthiness is lewdness, because I have purged thee, and thou wast not purged, thou shalt not be purged from thy filthiness any more, till I have caused my fury to rest upon thee. Hosea 7, 1, When I would have healed Israel, then the iniquity of Ephraim was discovered, and the wickedness of Samaria, for they commit falsehood, and etc. 3. When there are great differences amongst God's own people, the end is bitter, we warp in the sunshine, will not know the way of peace. Euspia says, before Diocletian's persecution, here, is a Greek word, the church was torn with intestine broils, pastors against pastors, and people against people. Ease begets pride and wantonness, and that maketh way for contention. 4. When profaneness increases, and men do not walk becoming the gospel, God takes the gospel from them. The apostasy from the power and purity of religion first made way for Antichrist, and is most likely to let him in again. 5. When a people are prepared for such impressions, there is a party formed, partly by opinions that symbolize with popery, partly by doting on the pomp and outside of religion, and neglecting the life and power of it and partly when indifferent and atheistical conceits do dispose their minds no more to one religion than another. Usually that is a nation fitted for such a change. Now what shall we do? 1. Watch and pray. A people well awaked will not change their religion. The envious man so tears while the servants slept, Matthew 13, 25. Be instant with God in prayer, as all good Christians should be, when the church is in danger as David, Psalm 59, 13, consume them in wrath, consume them, that they may not be, that they may know that God rules in Jacob unto the ends of the earth. Selah. The consumption is at hand. Luke 21, 36, 
Watch you, therefore, and pray always, that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things, that shall come to pass. 2. Reform and repent. Revelation 2, 5, Repent, or I will remove thy candlestick out of his place. Our disorders must be bewailed and redressed. There are two stumbling blocks. The idolatry of the Romish synagogue, and the evil manners of the Reformed churches. 3. Be fortified and established. 1. By knowledge. If we have not, here, is a Greek word, a steadfastness of our own, we shall fall, 2 Peter 3, 17 In a time of long peace, arms hang up a rusting, and so we are not prepared to resist temptations. 2. By grace. It is good the heart should be established by grace, Hebrews 13, 9. The new nature will caution men against many popish errors, 1 John 2, 20, you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. A child of God has something in his bosom, that will not permit him to hearken to popery, the very life in us is opposite to this dead show and mummery of trashy devotions. Now I come to the author, with the means of consuming. The Lord shall consume him with the spirit of his mouth. The Lord, that is the Lord Christ. But what is meant by the spirit of his mouth, or the breath of his mouth, as some render it? Two things may be meant hereby, either his providential word, or his gospel, accompanied by his spirit. 1. His providential word. That is, when Christ says, Let it be done, it shall be done. Isaiah 11, 4. He shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Those that are called wicked, they are also called the earth, because they are earthly minded, and have their portion here, and possess much on earth, and have great power, by the advantage of which they oppress his people. Now, to execute judgment upon them, Christ needs no more than the rod of his mouth, that powerful word, whereby he created all things. Psalm 33 6. By the words of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth, upholds all things, Hebrews 1, 3, upholding all things by the word of his power, and brings all things to nothing again, John 18, 6. As soon as he had said to them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground, one word of his powerful providence is enough. Or, secondly, 2. It is meant of the efficacy of his gospel, as it is accompanied by his spirit, called the sword of the spirit, Ephesians 6, 17. And it is said to be quick and powerful, Hebrews 4, 12. And, Revelation 2, 16, Repent, or I will come against thee quickly, and smite thee with the sword of my mouth. By this word he shall confound their falsehood and cunning practices, which are carried on under this mystery of iniquity, and give it such a deadly and incurable wound that it shall languish before it is utterly destroyed. Doctrine That Antichrist's destruction is by the preaching of the gospel, and the victorious evidence of truth. It must needs be so, for his kingdom and tyranny is upheld by darkness, which is dispelled by the light of the truth, and, therefore, the papists, as all other heretics, are lucifuge scripturarum die, cannot endure the scriptures, deny them to the people, and seek to make them contemptible by all the means they can. Again, his kingdom is carried on by falsehood, and his chiefs, 
and impostures, and wickedness, and usurpation, and false interpretations and delusions are discovered by the truth and simplicity of the gospel, and so is consumed yet more and more. Lastly, popery is a dead form of religion, and there is not only truth in the word of God, but life, we are not only enlightened, but quickened by it, and converted to God, and made partakers of his spirit, and these will go against their own experience and inclination, if they should sit down with such empty, beggarly rudiments. But here arises a question, shall Antichrist be consumed no other way but by the spirit of his mouth? We read in the prophecy of wars, by which the anti-Christian state is brought to naught. I answer. The pure and powerful preaching of the gospel is the principal means, whereby the spirit of the Lord consumes Antichrist in the hearts of men, but this is not exclusive of other means which God, in the ways of his providence, may use to weaken his worldly interest. But we must distinguish between the means God may use and we must use. Simply to put down a religion by force of arms is not our way, it is not lawful certainly to invade other nations upon the pure and sole title of religion, but if they invade us on that account, no doubt a prince and people so invaded may defend themselves. But when a war is commenced on other occasions, it is the most cheerful cause to engage in. When we war against the abettors of Antichrist, we war against an enemy whom God will consume. Constantine warred against Licinius, his colleague, not because an infidel, but because he persecuted the Christians, contrary to their capitulations. Louis XII caused it to be disputed in a synod at Tours, num Lyserit, pap absc principi bellum infer? When it was answered, non Lyserit, a second question, num tali principi sua defension fuz sitium invader. Their answers were Lyserit, which he undertook, and caused money to be stamped with this inscription, per dam Babylonum. Use. 1. We learn hence not to be discouraged in our greatest extremities, when all temporal hopes seem to fail, and we have nothing left us but the word of our testimony. Let us not distrust our spiritual weapons, for they are mighty through God to bring down all the strongholds of sin and antichrist. 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5. Oh, encourage yourselves in the Lord, you have the merit of his humiliation, and the power of his exaltation. Merit. What cannot the blood of Christ do to fetch off men from their inveterate prejudices and superstitions? 1 Peter 1. 18. We are redeemed by the blood of Christ from our vain conversation. So, for the power of his exaltation, there is his spirit. The success of his spirit on the pouring out of the first sermon, Acts 2, 41, fetched in three thousand souls that had imbrued their hands in the blood of their Savior and were in no very devout posture at that time. His word, that is, the rod of his strength, Psalm 110, 2, which has a mighty power to convince, transform, and convert souls, Romans 1, 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, which is the power of God unto salvation. Then there is the power of providence, all judgment is put into Christ's hands for the advancement of his own kingdom, John 5, 22. If all be in Christ's hands, why should you distrust your cause, or the success of it? 2. If you would defend yourselves, and wound the enemy, be much acquainted with the word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit, Ephesians 6, 17 Thereby you may ward off every blow of a temptation. Surely then we should be much acquainted with this word, that it may dwell in us richly, that we may have it ready, 
this is enough to make wise the simple for all necessary duties and defense. 3. Pray heartily that the word of God may have a free course. 2 Thessalonians 3, 1, and that God would send forth laborers into his harvest, Matthew 9, 38. Secondly, the final destruction of Antichrist, and destroy him by the brightness of his coming. This coming is most likely to be the coming of Christ, so often mentioned, 2 Thessalonians 1, 7-8, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven, with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, 2 Thessalonians 2, 1-3, now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind, nor be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Others conceive some notable manifestation of his presence and power in his church, but this would engage us in many dark prophecies, which I shall not meddle with all, intending only a doctrinal discovery of Antichrist, as how long before his coming, by what means. Sure I am, that it is coming, the beast and false prophet shall be slain, and cast into the lake of fire, Revelation 19, 20. But for other things, I have not light enough certainly, to define that the utter ruin of Antichrist is not to be expected till the second coming of Christ. Use. Be not discouraged though Antichrist yet remain after all the endeavors against him. It is enough that Antichristianism shall be finished and finally destroyed and for the time refer it to God. If it be not till the day of judgment or Christ's final conquest over all his adversaries, you must be contented to tarry for that, as well as for other things. This Reformation audio track is a production of Stillwater's Revival Books. You are welcome to make copies and give them to those in need. SWRB makes thousands of classic Reformation resources available, free and for sale, in audio, video, and printed formats. It is likely that the sermon or book that you just listened to is also available on cassette or video, or as a printed book or booklet. Our many free resources, as well as our complete mail-order catalog, containing thousands of classic and contemporary Puritan and Reform books, tapes, and videos at great discounts, is on the web at www.swrb.com. We can also be reached by email at swrb at swrb.com, by phone at 780-450-3730, by fax at 780-468-1096, or by mail at 4710-37A Avenue, Edmonton, that's E-D-M-O-N-T-O-N, Alberta, abbreviated capital A, capital B, Canada, T6L3T5. You may also request a free printed catalog. And remember that John Calvin, in defending the Reformation's regulative principle of worship, or what is sometimes called the scriptural law of worship, commenting on the words of God, which I commanded them not, neither came into my heart, from his commentary on Jeremiah 731, writes, God here cuts off from men every occasion for making evasions, since he condemns by this one phrase, I have not commanded them, 
whatever the Jews devised. There is then no other argument needed to condemn superstitions than that they are not commanded by God. For when men allow themselves to worship God according to their own fancies, and attend not to his commands, they pervert true religion. And if this principle was adopted by the Papists, all those fictitious modes of worship in which they absurdly exercise themselves would fall to the ground. It is indeed a horrible thing for the Papists to seek to discharge their duties towards God by performing their own superstitions. There is an immense number of them, as it is well known, and as it manifestly appears. Were they to admit this principle, that we cannot rightly worship God except by obeying his word, they would be delivered from their deep abyss of error. The prophet's words, then, are very important when he says that God had commanded no such thing and that it never came to his mind, as though he had said that men assume too much wisdom when they devise what he never required, nay, what he never knew.